So I want to talk today about what the mainstream media is not telling you or is not telling us about the manifesto of the Buffalo shooter. Um, It's quite something, actually, when you read the manifesto and compare what the shooter actually wrote to what the mainstream media or the corporate media are reporting that he wrote. Basically, it boils down to this. The Democrats and the leftists who run the mainstream media want to portray this mass shooter as a conservative, as a right-wing mega Trump supporter, because that's how they demonize all of us, right? But if, if you read the shooter's manifesto, it is... That's not the case. That's simply not what he said. So before we even get into what the mainstream media isn't telling us about the Shooter's Manifesto, I do want to address a question that is being discussed even amongst conservatives. And the question is, should we read the Shooter's Manifesto or should we read any Shooter's Manifesto? Should we read the the evil screeds of these killers? And what I'm showing on the screen right now is a tweet thread from Inez Stepman. Inez, by the way, full disclosure, is one of my good friends. Um, But Inez writes, we should stop releasing manifestos of murders in the same way we should stop printing their names. Let their names and their reasons be forgotten. She goes on to say, if these guys were part of an organized political force or movement, I would agree that the manifestos would be relevant to understanding. It seems to me, though, that in most of these cases versus something like Islamic terrorism, ideology comes second to desire for notoriety. She says, in indulging their desire for notoriety and exposure after heinous crimes, we are creating more of these monsters. She says the real or Daily Wire was way ahead of most media in understanding this and adjusting their print standards accordingly. Now, again, Inez is one of of my good friends, a brilliant, a brilliant academic. Actually, she was ahead of the curve on all of the school choice research. She's been working on this for decades. I I strongly, strongly disagree with her take on whether or not we should read The Shooter's Manifesto. And that's what I want to talk about today. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. I like Dormeo because really good, really nice mattresses are crazy expensive, but I still want to sleep on a bed that feels like really good and really nice. If you suffer from achy hips, back or shoulders, then you have to try the premium mattress topper by Dormeo. At a fraction of the cost of a new mattress, you can get that new bed feeling without having to buy an actual new bed. Their smart body zoning helps create better support for your body while you sleep. Their mattress topper has a full range of sizes from twin all the way through king. They even have RV sizes and a new split head king. And it's perfect for everything from an adjustable base to a spare bed in the guest room to couches, futons, and even boats. Yes, boats. Plus, Dormeo is known for their incredible customer service. Don't believe me? Just give them a call or message them on their website and be amazed at how fast they respond. Let me tell you, they sent me one and I love it. I think you will too. Right now, go to dormeo.com slash Liz. That's D-O-R-M-E-O.com slash Liz. And you will receive 30% off your Dormeo mattress topper. That's the best offer you'll find anywhere, but you have to go to my URL, dormeo.com slash Liz. Remember, with their 10-year warranty and 100-night risk-free trial plus free shipping, it's crazy not to give Dormeo a try. Okay, so... In a, a quick summary of what happened here, there, there were 10 people that were shot dead in Buffalo at a predominantly black supermarket. The shooter or the killer was an 18-year-old white man 
who targeted this supermarket because it was a predominantly black supermarket. This was this was violence committed in the name of racism. And this individual left behind a manifesto, 180-page screed of his plan of attack, the weapon that he used, exactly why he committed this, 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 this racial terrorism, if you will. And so this question of whether we should read the Shooter's Manifesto to understand why this happened, to prevent this from happening again, um, I, I, I want to address Inez's tweet directly. I actually think the intention behind her tweet or the intention behind the Daily Wire policy, their policy, they, do, they don't print the name of mass shooters and they don't, they don't publish the photos of the mass shooters. I actually think the intention behind these policies is admirable. And full disclosure, um, I've followed the same policy in the past in other works that I've done, sometimes, not, not absolutely, but I have followed this to a certain extent because a lot of these mass shooters, these killers, these terrorists, they do want infamy. They do want notoriety. They do want name recognition. They want, they want their name to be known. And I agree that we should deprive them of that personal satisfaction. It's actually a very weird psychological thing. It's not just true now of mass shooters. Even back in the olden days, if you will, old-time bank robbers were known to clip clippings from newspapers of stories about the heists that they pulled. And likewise, modern mass shooters, they want their name. They want their face splashed on all of our headlines and all of our networks. And so, great. Let's deprive them of, of that of that personal satisfaction, if you will, that thrill that they get by limiting how many times we say their names, how many times they show their face. That's fine. But not reporting at all, never saying the name, never showing the photo, never sharing the manifesto, never reading it, never analyzing it. That doesn't seem correct either. That doesn't seem right either. And my issue with not reporting their name at all is people want to know. As a news consumer myself, I want to know. I want to know who did this. What was this person's name? What did this person look like? And so if some news outlet simply refuses to print the name of the killer, refuses to print their photograph, I don't just shrug and say, oh, okay, well, I guess they know best. I'm not going to learn the facts of this story. No, I go to another news outlet to find that information. Um, and so I, I think it should be a balance. It should be a balance, right? There, there's a difference between reporting the name and the photo once, reporting it as news because people want to know, versus making the name recognized by repeated salacious coverage, glorifying the violence simply by repetition. There's also a kind of creepy gatekeeper vibe that I feel when we, and I say we as the media, collectively refuse to allow people to see or read the manifestos of the shooter. Like it's okay for a... Rachel Maddow producer to read this manifesto and cherry pick parts of it to portray the shooter in a, in a certain light, but it's not okay for you to see it. Just the Rachel Maddow producer. That, that's weird to me. That's, that's obviously wrong. I also, by the way, and this, this plays into it, I, I don't trust the mainstream media to portray the ideology of the shooter as written by his manifesto or by him in his manifesto accurately. And this is not hypothetical in this case. In this case specifically, the case of the Buffalo shooter, the mainstream media are lying by omission in order to portray him as right wing in, in their effort, their ongoing effort to label us all as terrorists. And that that's a blatant lie in his own words if you read his manifesto. So the left says, oh, this, this terrorist, this mass shooter was influenced by Tucker Carlson. In reality, if you read the manifesto, which I did, he slams Fox News. 
He actually has he actually has an anti-Semitic slur against Fox News in his manifesto. The left also says that this shooter is emblematic of the right wing. In reality, the shooter himself, in his own words, says that he is both right wing and left wing. He says he's actually a socialist in some senses of the word, and in the past identified as a communist, that he currently identifies as an eco-terror, an eco-fascist, in addition to being a white supremacist and an anti-Semite. So, in other words, he doesn't fit clearly into any ideological box. He doesn't, he certainly doesn't match the ideology of the Republican Party or the Democrat Party for that matter. It's, 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 it's an evil conglomeration of a lot of poisonous views. And I'm actually interested to know, I'm interested to know your thoughts on this when it comes to publishing the names of these shooters, when it comes to publishing the photos of these shooters, when it comes to sharing the manifestos of these shooters. A lot of news organizations will reference the manifesto, but they won't provide a link to it, which contradicts the journalistic practices that they usually would abide by. Usually if you if you quote, even if it's a paraphrase of somebody else's work like that, you would, you would accompany that with a link to the source document so that your viewers can read the source, or readers can read the source document for themselves or at least have confidence that you're portraying it accurately. A lot of news organizations are referencing the manifesto without linking to it. A lot of uh, social media platforms are not allowing the manifesto or photographs of the manifesto to circulate on their platform. And I'm interested, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. I personally read this manifesto. As I said, it's 180 pages. It's poisonous. It's toxic. It's evil. I felt like I needed to detox this after I read it. But I think it's really important that we at least have access to this, if not read it ourselves. And that being said, I don't want to give him notoriety. I don't want to give him name recognition. And I do understand the argument that we don't want these manifestos to inspire copycats. I think that's a little bit of a slippery slope argument because when you when you have psychopaths or you have these 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 killers and they say that they're inspired by certain words or inspired by certain political policies, um, we can't allow that to infringe on our free speech. And, and hear me out. Make sure if you're quoting this, you quote the entirety of what I'm saying here. Because, for example, the congressional baseball game shooting, the shooter that shot Steve Scalise was a fan of Rachel Maddow. The Dayton nightclub shooter was a fan of Elizabeth Warren. And yet Elizabeth Warren and Rachel Maddow are not blamed. Bernie Sanders is not blamed for these shootings. Why? Because when you have a psychopath, they claim to draw inspiration from things which are, 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 are not inspiring of violence, right? They, they can take anything and misinterpret anything and mispurpose anything and channel that into violence. So because a shooter claims inspiration from a person or because a copycat might claim inspiration from this manifesto doesn't mean that it's real, doesn't mean that it's a reason for us to censor or not a reason for us to censor, a reason for government to censor. I also want us to fully understand the ideology of the uh, of this mass shooter in particular and how it developed from a, a, a poisonous evil ideology, racism and white supremacy and anti-Semitism, um, into an act of violence this heinous and this deadly because we have to understand our enemy in order to protect our people against it. And I, I don't think that the media right-wing media, left-wing media, media that claims to be in the middle, whatever. I don't think media should be the gatekeepers of this information. And 
I don't trust the mainstream media to portray this accurately. Again, I'm interested in your thoughts on this because I know that there are a lot of people on the right who do what the Daily Wire does, who don't publish the name, don't publish the photograph, and don't want this manifesto to be circulated the way that Inez says that we shouldn't circulate it. Inez Stepman says we shouldn't circulate it. And those are the reasons that I disagree with this. I also think that we're already seeing the slippery slope of of censorship when it comes to this idea that we should that that these manifestos shouldn't circulate on Twitter, for example, big tech suspended a user named Mike Davis. He's a, he's a very popular conservative account. His username is Mr. DDMIA. And Twitter suspended his account because he posted a tweet that essentially contradicted the left-wing media's narrative about the manifesto, how they're portraying this, this shooter's ideology. This was the tweet from Mike Davis that got him suspended from Twitter. He said, disgusting and insane. The Democrat operatives are already exploiting the murder of 10 by blaming Tucker Carlson and Fox News. The manifesto cites the internet, specific websites, as his inspiration, not TV, and has an anti-Semitic meme attacking Fox News. And then he posts two screenshots of, well, the anti-Semitic meme and the part where the shooter cites specific websites as uh, the reason for his views, where where he was radicalized, essentially, um, how he became this, this racist killer. And Twitter suspended this user. And so we see big tech doing what we've talked about on this show many times. Um, Big tech censoring. And why do they censor us? Why do they censor conservatives? To create an information vacuum so that big media can come in and without any challenges, without any dissent, they they can perpetuate their lies. In this case, lies about the ideology of this shooter. So it's, it's an extremely slippery slope. And we, and unfortunately, and maybe it is unfortunately, unfortunately, we have to read these things for ourselves. So what does this manifesto actually tell us about the ideology of the shooter? Now, I like Moinkbox because they are helping keep the U.S. independent from China. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine which is banned in 160 countries, including China. There is a better way, my friends. I'd like to tell you about Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. Now, you get to choose the meat delivered in every box. Plus, you can cancel any time. I personally love Moink because they are committed to our country. I know you'll like it too. And my husband can attest to the fact that Moink meat tastes good. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Liz right now. If you use my URL, then you get free filet mignon in every order for a year. Moinkbox.com slash Liz. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but it is for a limited time. Here's how it's spelled, M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Liz. That's moinkbox.com slash Liz. Okay, so what does the manifesto of this shooter actually say in his own words? And then you don't have to rely on the mainstream media. You don't have to rely on anyone telling you what the ideology of the shooter is. You can, you can, you can understand it based on his, his own words. You also don't have to try to search the web for this since it's been scrubbed. Um, from social media platforms. It's been, it's not linked in a lot of, a lot of articles that are referencing it. It's, it's difficult to find actually. Um, in fact, it was so, it was, it was difficult enough to find that when, when this happened, I was actually on a six hour flight, a very long flight with very shoddy internet. 
And it, it, it was hard for me to find this to the point that I had to text a friend who was tweeting about it and say, hey, can you send me a link to this? And, it, and I do this for a living. I find these things for a living and read this for a living. So if it's that hard for me, then I know that a lot of people who aren't familiar with exactly where to look for this stuff um, might have a very difficult time. So this is what his manifesto says. He says, my name is Peyton Gendron. I was born on June 20th, 2003, which makes me 18 years old as of writing this. I'm the sole perpet- perpetrator of the recent attempted mass shooting. I lived in Southern Tier, New York all my life with both my parents and two brothers. I believe I'm ethnically white since my parents' nationalities are from Northwestern Europe and Italy. He says this crisis of mass immigration and sub-replacement fertility is an assault on the European people that if not combated, will ultimately result in the complete racial and cultural replacement of the European people. So his racism is already is already obvious in the first sentences of this manifesto. He goes on to say, I was never diagnosed with a mental disability or disorder and I, be- and I believe to be perfectly sane. First of all, if you commit a mass murder like this, a heinous, egregious, heartbreaking, awful mass murder in the name of racism, I don't think that you are qualified to determine your own mental soundness. Clearly only a psychopath would do this. Um, He goes on to say, the truth is my personal life and experiences are of no value. I am simply a white man seeking to protect and serve my community, my people, my culture, and my race. It's so disgusting. It's actually hard for me to read this out loud. He said, he addresses some questions. He says, where did you get your current beliefs? He's posing these questions so that he can answer them. He anticipated questions that people would have. He said, mostly from the internet, there was little to no influence on my personal beliefs by people I met in person. I read multiple sources of information from all ideologies and decided that my current one is most correct. He goes, um, why did you choose New York for the place of attack? He says, this, this, this grocery store in New York has the highest, this, the city in which the grocery store is located, I should say in Buffalo, has the highest black population percentage and isn't that far away. Plus New York has heavy gun laws. So it would ease me if I knew that any legally armed civilian was limited to 10 round magazines or cucked firearms. He goes on to talk about his ideology. He says, are you Christian? No. I do not ask God for salvation by faith, nor do I confess my sins to him. I personally believe there is no afterlife. I do, however, believe and practice many Christian values. This is the first area where the mainstream media is deliberately misrepresenting this individual. He is not Christian. The vast majority of conservatives are are Christian. He, He is not a Christian. He disavows Christianity. He goes on, are you a fascist? He says, yes, fascism is one of the only political ideologies that will unite whites against the replacers. Since that's what I seek, calling me a fascist would be accurate. He said, are you a white supremacist? He says, yes. Are you a racist? Yes. Are you intolerant? He said, sure. He says, are you an anti-Semite? In all capitals, he goes, he goes, yes, I wish all Jews to hell. Go back to hell where you came from, demon. As you can see, this is, this is truly disturbing poisonous ideology. This is white supremacy. This is racism undergirded by anti-Semitism. So he, uh, and and I want to talk about this narrative from the mainstream media. The mainstream media is talking about the great replacement theory, and they're labeling his ideology as the great replacement theory. Then they are explaining to you, the left is explaining to you what the great replacement theory is, and they're using that as a tool to lump together this shooter and his evil ideology with conservative or Republican viewpoints on on immigration. And and needless to say, this is completely false. It's a despicable accusation, and we're going to completely debunk it. I do, however, want to read just a little bit, a little bit more of this, this ideology from the manifesto, just so that we understand exactly what his ideology is. He says, are you a neo-Nazi? He says, I support neo-Nazism, but I'm not a member of any neo-Nazi group. Are you a conservative? 
No, he says, conservatism is corporatism in disguise. I want no part of it. So he himself says that he's not a Christian and he's not a conservative. In his own words, unequivocally. He goes on to say, are you right wing? He says, depending on the definition, sure. Are you left wing? Depending on the definition, sure. Are you a socialist? He answers, depending on the definition, worker ownership of the means of production, it depends on who those workers are, their intentions, who currently owns the means of production, their intentions, and who currently owns the state and their intentions. So essentially, he's a racist socialist. Then he says, did you always hold these views? He says, when I was 12, I was deep into communist ideology. Talk to anyone from my old high school and ask about me and you will hear that. From age 15 to 18, however, I consistently moved further to the right. On the political compass, I fall in the mild, moderate, authoritarian left category, and I would prefer to be called a populist. So as I said before, the left wants to paint this, this killer, this murderer, as right-wing, as someone that just came out of a Trump rally, essentially. That's clearly false. It's absolutely false. And it's such a despicable, disgusting lie to tell about people to try to, to, try to associate this hideous act of violence with just your political opposition, right? It's, it's so hideous. He goes on to say, what are your views? I would prefer to call myself a populist, but you can call me an ethno-nationalist, eco-fascist, national socialist if you want. I wouldn't disagree with you. So all of these labels that he is assigning to himself to describe his ideology, the mainstream media is not, not telling you this. They are, they're cherry-picking very small, very specific things in order to try to bolster their desired narrative that he is that he is simply one of us. He goes on to say, why do you blame immigrants and not the capitalists? He says, both are the problem. And I would like to address the concept of hard and soft targets here. Hard targets are people with strong political powers, such as presidents, prime ministers, judges, media producers, and military leaders. Soft targets include the everyday man with low, weak political power. To cleanse an area, both must be removed. One cannot only attack the blacks of Buffalo and expect, and this is a direct quote from him, the Zogbot government to fall as well. Just as one cannot attack the Zogbot government and expect the blacks to fall. Both have to be addressed. I am simply attacking one at a time. Why attack immigrants when the Jews are the issue? Because they can be dealt with in time, but the high fertility replacers will destroy us now. It's a matter of survival that we destroy them first. So it's disturbing to hear this, right? It, it was equally disturbing. It's, it's disturbing to say this. It was disturbing to, or it's disturbing to read this, I should say. It was disturbing to read this, it, just, just to read the ideology in his manifesto when I, when I read this this morning. But it's really important to understand what his ideology is, that it is racism, it is white supremacy, but it's undergirded with anti-Semitism. That the anti-Semitism, th this is actually where it ties into the great replacement theory, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe in just a second. But the, the anti-Semitism is being ignored. The anti-Semitism in his ideology, the motivation for his attack is actually being ignored by the mainstream media. If you, if you look up a headline describing this attack or describing his ideology about this manifesto specifically, you'll hear a lot about the right-wing part. You'll hear, hear a lot about the white supremacist part, about the anti-black part. And you should, that's fine. That's all, that's all true. But you're not hearing a lot about the, about the anti-Semitic part. And the reason for that is because if you do look at the two political parties in our country, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, you will see that the Republican Party unequivocally condemns anti-Semitism. But the Democratic Party, especially lately, has allowed anti-Semitism to take root in their party, whether it was Obama embracing Louis Farrakhan, whether it is Linda Sarsour of the Women's March being a hideous anti-Semite, whether it's Ilhan Omar and her active anti-Semitism 
about Israel existing as, a, as, as the Jewish state. The, the left has allowed anti-Semitism to creep into their party. They have not expelled from their ranks people peddling anti-Semitism or anti-Semites themselves. And so you won't hear from the mainstream media when talking about the ideology of the shooter, you won't hear, oh, this, this racism and this white supremacy, this anti-Black violence was undergirded by an anti-Semitic ideology, this, this ridiculous conspiracy theory that, that Jews are somehow controlling the world, that Jews are somehow controlling all of us, and that Jews are bringing Black people into our country in order to replace white people. This is, this is the twisted ideology of this individual, and it's important to understand it in its whole. It's important to understand it because the mainstream media is not portraying it is not portraying it accurately at all. So I, I want to do a little bit. I I want to I want to talk about great replacement theory in just a second. Before we get to that, I want to talk about where or how this terrorist was radicalized. Now I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and my information, my data, safe when I'm online. If you go online without ExpressVPN, well, using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking your baggage at the airport without a lock. You might think that your stuff is being kept private, but you never know who's going through your personal things. Likewise, when you go online without a VPN, internet service providers can see every single website you visit. And then what's even worse than that, they can legally sell your information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. When you use ExpressVPN, internet service providers cannot see your online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. The app itself is really easy to use. You just fire up the app and click one button. It works on all devices, phones, laptops, even routers. So anyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and our personal information safe when we are online. So secure your online activity today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Liz. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Liz. And you can get an extra three months free. You have to use my URL to get three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Liz. Keep your family safe online. So where exactly, how exactly was this mass shooter, this killer, this murder? How was he radicalized? He actually writes that um, he spent time on 4chan, um, and, and that being on 4chan led him to the manifesto of the New Zealand mosque shooter. But before we even talk about that, I want to talk about why this, this, this killer was on 4chan. He writes in his manifesto that he was on 4chan because it was, uh, this is what he writes. Let me read his exact words. I won't even paraphrase here. He says, was there a particular event or reason you decided to commit a violent attack? He said, quote, I started browsing 4chan in May of 2020 after extreme boredom. Remember, this was during the outbreak of COVID. So during the lockdowns, when he had no schooling, he had no community, he had nowhere to go, nothing to do, this, this, this extreme boredom, he said, led him to fortune. Now, that in and of itself, I'm not sitting here and blaming the lockdowns for the radicalization of this shooter. That would be an unfair thing to do. I do think it, it's a contributing factor, and I think that that's certainly fair to recognize that the mental health crisis that we are seeing in our country was exacerbated in the extreme by isolating people, by taking them out of their normal routines, by not letting them go to church, not letting them see friends, taking closing down their schools, masking. Um, th this, of course, of course, studies across the board show that this made the, that this made the mental health crisis in our nation worse. And we absolutely should recognize that. But 4chan 
it's worth having a conversation at some point. We don't have to do it today because I want to talk about the great replacement theory and um, and the ideology of the very of, of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and and the ideology of this shooter. But we should have a conversation at some point about 4chan and how 4chan is a place where a lot of people with evil ideologies and a lot of people who not just espouse an evil ideology, but then use that as justification to commit violence, where they do find this ideology, where this ideology grows, and where they find inspiration. And we should talk about how to protect against this, because it's an important, it's an important, it's an important thing to protect against. But the the, the summary, essentially, of the ideology of this shooter, the the what the mainstream media won't say about his ideology is that he was a white supremacist. He was an anti-Semite, actually an anti-Semite first. His anti-Semitism was was the root of his white supremacy. He was an eco-fascist, a Nazi, a national socialist. He was a communist and an, a, raci- a racist socialist. He, he was also anti-American. He didn't want to identify as American. He wanted to identify as European. He bashed Fox News. He was not Christian. He stated they had no purpose. Um, and he espoused the great replacement theory. So what is the great replacement theory? If you, you open up Twitter, you look at any mainstream media outlet right now, and they, they're trying to link this shooter to Tucker Carlson because of the great replacement theory. So what the mainstream media is saying, how, how they are portraying the great re- replacement theory is, is they're saying the great replacement theory posits that mass immigration changes the demographic of a country. Um, and in, in this case, the racial demographic of a country. That's actually not what the Great Replacement Theory is. The Great Replacement Theory is an Illuminati-level, absolutely nutso, obviously anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that posits that that the Jewish cabal, uh, Jewish elites around the world, are actively sponsoring or sending minorities, people of color, to the United States in order to change the racial demographics. So it's not just a matter of, oh, mass immigration is changing the demographics of our nation. No, it's, 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 it's much larger than that. The mainstream media is deliberately misrepresenting it um, in order to try to associate, well, people like Tucker Carlson with this shooter. So the actual great replacement theory, do Democrats espouse this? No, they don't. Do Republicans espouse this? No, they don't. What Democrats do is accuse Republicans who are concerned about illegal immigration into our country and the impacts that illegal immigration has on our nation, on our nation's sovereignty, on our nation's culture, they accuse these conservatives of peddling the great replacement theory. And that is a hideous lie. It's a lie that's intended to smear all conservatives. And it's also intended to invalidate a a widely held political belief, a belief that's widely held on both sides of the aisle, actually, that our borders should be secured and that without borders, we cannot be a sovereign nation. All of that being said, the left plays with racial identity politics in a way that the right does not. And what I mean by this is the left tells us that, or the left, uh, the left tells us that, that, that people of certain races are only allowed to hold certain political viewpoints. Meaning if you're black, you must be a Democrat. If you're Hispanic, you must be a Democrat. You are not allowed to be a black Republican or a Latino Republican. And so that, that is, that is racial identity politics. That's, that's saying that your race is your identity and that your race also entails that you hold certain viewpoints in your mind and in your heart, hold certain principles. I don't have to tell you that that's racist. It's very racist. But the logical conclusion 
of, of this, this racialized identity politics is that the left actually believes that changing the racial demographic in our country will change the political makeup of our country to leftist ideology because they believe that your race is your, your fundamental identity and that your race also informs your political ideology. So the left says that the right peddles great replacement theory, but it's the left that's peddling this racist bunk, this, this nonsense, this poisonous, this poisonous idea. It's, it's, it's really racialized Marxism, but this poisonous idea that you're only allowed to have leftist political views if you have a certain skin color or if you have a certain ethnic heritage. And that's, that's really a poisonous ideology in and of itself. Now, White supremacist anti-Semitism, as espoused by, well, by anybody, but in particular by this mass shooter, is a dangerous, poisonous, evil ideology. So is anti-white black supremacy, um, like what happened in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin at the Christmas parade when it wasn't the car that drove itself um, and, and ran over ran over all these people and killed this, this half dozen people at this Christmas parade. No, it was a black supremacist terrorist who committed this act in, uh, out of anti-white racism. So the, di- the difference, by the way, the difference, by the way, is when a, when a killer who espouses a white supremacist ideology commits an act of violence in the name of that ideology, the left is very quick to report on the inspiration, the ideological underpinnings of that violence. And they actually should be. The difference is that when a black supremacist, an anti-white black supremacist commits an act of violence, suddenly the same mainstream media that was so interested in the white supremacist ideology of the white supremacist terrorist doesn't talk about the underpinning ideology of the black supremacist terrorist. You'll hear nothing from the mainstream media. It'll be a one day, a two day news cycle where that's downplayed. It's not reported. It's certainly not in the headlines. They, the left simply has nothing to say about it unless it's white supremacy. They have nothing to say about it if it is black supremacy. And I, it's very telling about the ideology of the left because you should be able to sit here and say white supremacy is evil. It's poisonous. Black supremacy is evil and it's poisonous. And when either are weaponized into committing violence against people based on the color of that person's skin, it's literally from Satan. It's, 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 it's that, that kind of evil can only be from the devil and it ought to be condemned and it ought to be, we ought to understand at least what they're espousing so that we can stop it. We can nip it in the bud before it happens. That's what people on the right do. But people on the left and the mainstream media, which people on the left, mainstream media, one and the same, they can't do it for both white supremacy and black supremacy. They can only do it for white supremacy because it's in their political interest to lump white supremacists unfairly and falsely with right wing, with Trump supporters, with the Republican Party, and it's evil. This, the racial divide in our country right now is intentionally exacerbated by the left. As I said before, it's actually racialized Marxism. So the answer to the original question here, should we read the shooter's manifesto, the answer to that is yes, we should. Should we give him notoriety and infamy? No. Should some, you know, Jake Tapper producer or Rachel Maddow producer or, you know, some intern at the Washington Post cher- read, the, read the manifesto for us and cherry pick what we can see? No. Should we trust the mainstream media then to portray 
accurately the ideology of his killer? No, of course we shouldn't. Should we understand what motivated him, even if he doesn't belong officially to some group of people who share his ideology? Of course we should understand what motivated him. And does that require us to read his manifesto? Yes, unfortunately, it, it does. If we don't, then we are allowing our country to be vulnerable to this happening again. And we are also allowing the left and the mainstream media to weaponize a tragic, heartbreaking, awful, hideous attack and use it as political fodder to attack their political opponents in in the Republican Party. And that should not be tolerated. I know this is a difficult topic to discuss, and it's certainly toxic to read this, this screed from this shooter. As I said before, I'm really interested in what your thoughts are on this, if we should publish the names of these shooters, if we should publish the photograph, if we should allow the manifestos to be disseminated and what we should do with those manifestos. So let, let me know what you think. I mean, you can, you can let me know what, what, uh, you think over on locals, lizwheelershow.com slash locals, just sign up for free. And you can, um, you can join in, in that discussion, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. If you want to be a VIP, you can use my promo code access and you can get one month free on your annual subscription. I do thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.